Hello everyone, I'm Janelle Mallard, Director of Attorney Recruiting at Wiley. With recruiting season right around the corner, we are here today with the Chair of our Recruiting Committee, John Bird, and Co-Chair of our Recruiting Committee, Jarita Sally, to talk about the do's and don'ts of interviewing, in particular, virtual interviewing. Combined, Jarita and John have conducted well over 500 interviews, but like you, virtual interviewing is new and different. Welcome, John and Jarita. Do you mind sharing a bit about yourself? Hi, Janelle. Sure. Uh, thanks for having us. I'm excited to talk about these topics. So I'm Jarita Sally. I'm a partner at Wiley, and I'm a partner in the corporate group, and I've been at Wiley going on 14 years now. Hey, Janelle. I'm John. I'm the chair of Wiley's recruiting committee. I've served as either the, the chair or the co-chair of the committee for about five years now. During my day job, I'm a partner in the firm's government contracts group where I focus primarily on defense, aerospace, and intelligence industries. I joined Wiley back in 2006. It makes me feel a little old now. I guess I'm a bit of a lifer. I can't really see myself practicing anywhere else. And like Charita, I'm pretty excited to be here and talk about recruiting. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you both again. And let's just jump right into it. So let's start with our do's. What do you like to see from candidates? I'll jump in there. I like it when candidates are prepared. It's nothing worse when you're talking to a candidate and you get the feeling that they don't really know much about the firm. Sometimes they don't pronounce the firm's name correctly. So it's clear that they haven't really done their homework. So for me, it's be prepared and do your homework. Uh, don't assume that all firms are the same. There are specific characteristics of every firm, and it's very helpful if you know those going into it. So for example, if you know someone who practices at the firm or there's a law school alumni who, or um, yeah, law school alumni who's at the firm, uh, feel free to reach out to them and try to get some, some tips and pointers before you go into the interview because knowing some inside information really goes a long way. Yeah, and I'm gonna echo that, Jarita. I, I think especially for Wiley, right? We are a single office in Washington, D.C., and a lot of our core practice areas focus on D.C.-centric issues, right? The marriage of business, policy, law, regulation. I like it when candidates have a sense of what that means and why that appeals to them, right? Why, why practicing in a DC firm that, that focuses on these DC issues is appealing to them and, and how they can see themselves uh, developing a career in, in that space. So I think it's important to, to know your firm. I've got another one. I think it's important to know yourself, right? Know your resume, be familiar with your background, be able to talk about the things that are on your resume. They're there to demonstrate not only what you've done, but also that you've got the aptitude to do the work and to do hard work in, in challenging environments, right? So I, I get it. A lot of folks coming out of law school or who are in their second year of law school may not have a whole lot of practical legal experience. If you do, that's great. But if you don't, it's important for me to see that you've undertaken you know, leadership roles throughout college and law school. You've, you've been in, you know, involved in student groups, athletic teams, journals, public service, whatever it is. I want to see that you've got the aptitude to take leadership and ownership over projects and to, to work hard in, in those environments. So the more that you can 
demonstrate that on a resume and then be able to have a conversation with me for 10, 15, 20 minutes about some of those things in your background, that's going to make for a great conversation. I agree, John. That's really a point. And I'll just say that kind of to what you said before, think about how your prior experience, even though it's not directly relevant, think about how you can pick up pointers from your prior experiences and talk about how they can translate into the law firm setting specifically. Um, I went straight through, um, I, I went to high school, college, and then law school. So when I was interviewing, I didn't have a whole lot of practical experience, right? My jobs weren't necessarily specific to the legal field or anything really um, all that professional. Honestly, I had internships. So I had to pull from my experiences at these internships and talk about how the skills that I learned there would translate well into a law firm setting. Jarita, that's an excellent point. It makes me think of a student I met and she was worried about not having enough work experience on her resume. So we went through her resume and I noticed that during college, she worked at a bridal shop and she assisted brides daily with selecting wedding dresses and flowers and bridesmaids attire. And I explained to her how this would be the perfect example of customer service and client service. The same way that are responsive to her clients can correlate into the same way attorneys are responsive to their clients. And that takes a lot of time and a lot of practice. So the key is to focus on the skills you have learned at a particular job and be able to communicate how those skills are transferable into a law firm setting. And that's a perfect crossover point. So, for example, brides are usually really stressed, right? <laughs> are usually really stressed when they come to us, especially, you know, depending on the type of matter that they're coming to us for. So having the ability to kind of manage that stress and be that level setting person or that calming person to the client is, you know, is very helpful. I think that's great. All right. I've got another do for you, Janelle. Mock yeah. interviews. This is one where, where I... I failed back when I was in law school, and, and it has helped me appreciate the importance of doing the mock interviews since. Um, I remember thinking that I could just walk into law firm interviews uh, relatively cold and just knock them out of the park because I'm, I don't know, I'm bright, I'm handsome, whatever it's going to be. Folks, I'm not handsome, trust me. <laughs> but I remember walking into interviews having not practiced, and I was uh, completely unprepared. And that was a problem, right? Because the law firm interview is, it's a different animal. And, and, and for most of, most of the law students that are going to be going through this process, it's probably unlike anything they've ever done before, where they're going to have to get into a room or in you know, a, a virtual chat room with a person they've never met. And in 10, 15, 20 minutes, try and make a connection, make a personal connection, be able to deliver uh, information about their background, about where they want to go in their profession, demonstrating a lot of the intangibles like drive and energy and stick to and grit. And how do you convey all of that in this condensed amount of time in, especially now that we're doing this virtually, a format that is not the most comfortable format? It's not natural. And I think that the only way you can make it natural is to practice and to figure out what your what are the key points that you want to convey about yourself, about your background, about your interests, and about your interest in the firm that you're interviewing with, and be able to package that 
in a nice, concise delivery that doesn't at the same time feel forced and canned and, and unnatural. I don't think you can do that without having practiced. And so I think it's great for students to go through a mock interview process, whether it's with their classmates, other people at the school, maybe it's gonna be with, with folks who are in firms, you know, alumni that you might meet through alumni connections or, or be uh, coordinated through the law school's mock interview programs. I think the mock interview process is invaluable. Uh, and, and so I'm gonna put that as one of my, my big dues for all the law students who are getting ready to go through this process. And at the risk of sounding repetitive, John, I'm going to agree with you on that and also provide a specific example of why mock interviews are critical. So I'm going to get a little vulnerable here. When I was a 1L at Howard, we had mock interviews on campus and they were very helpful. And I remember my very first mock interview, like you, John, also very unprepared. It was all very new to me. So I'm glad I had the opportunity to go through that process. But I think the first, one of the first things I said to the, the, the mock interviewer was, I am excited to work at your law firm because this is going to be a stepping stone in my <laughs> to do X. Or I don't even remember what I said, but basically I, in my mind, I was thinking I was working at the law firm for two, three years max, and then go on to do what I really want to do. Obviously that's not what happened, uh, you know, 14 years later at Wiley, but Going through that process, she was she was very gracious with me, and she was like, yeah, let's not say that in an interview. You know, law firms don't want to hear how you're going to use them as a stepping stone and then go off and do great things. So, you know, just not even, like, really thinking about that at the, the outside of the interview. Just, like, it just showed me how important it is to, one, like we said, be prepared and practice, 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 whether it's with a, an official firm who's doing mock interviews, whether it's with your mother, your brother, just, you know, practice speaking with someone, articulating how you can bring value to the company, those types of things, because the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. Great, great. These are all awesome dudes. And now let's head to the don'ts, things you don't want to see or ways that students can improve their interview techniques. I've got a couple and they're, they're sort of related. And maybe these could go on the do list, maybe they're on the don't list, but I think that especially in this virtual environment, it's really important to be mindful of your nonverbal cues, like your, your interaction with the video camera, if you will, and also being mindful of the scene that you are creating for the, the backdrop of your interview, right? So, Couple couple examples that I've had with interviews within the last couple months. One, some students have been using like a split screen where I can tell that I am on one computer screen, but their video camera must be either, it's not attached to their screen or it's on a different screen that's to the left or the right of where they're looking. And so I have this weird interview where I am talking to basically their side profile because they're not looking directly at me. Um, it's a little thing, but eye contact is still really important in the virtual world. We need to recreate this, this the, the feeling that we are one-on-one -on -one in my office, even though we're talking through the computer. So I think it's important to have where whatever you are watching on your screen, try to put that as close to the video camera as possible so that when you're looking at me on your screen, it looks like 
you're looking at the camera and and we're able to have the the sustained eye contact and 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 still have some of those uh nonverbal cues that we all rely on so much when we're in the office the second piece for me is to think about your background lighting backdrop and and what you are are sharing with me as the interviewer these are both really important things like take lighting for example it's a little thing but i don't want to have a blair witch example where all of the lighting is is behind you so you are really shadowy or maybe in your background you have really really bright lights that throw off a lot of glare and and make you look a little distorted on the screen um, give, give some thought to what the the lighting is going to be like for this video so that I can, I want to see your face, right? I want to have as close to a natural face-to-face -face interaction with you as possible. And if you haven't thought through your lighting, you haven't thought through what you are looking like to me, uh, that might be a problem. And, and related to that, and, and sorry for dragging on here, but think through what what scene you want to convey to me as your interviewer you know COVID times we are all doing these interviews from our homes and it's a window into your life and your personality that you are granting to the interviewer if you don't want to grant that that visibility in that background use a digital background I, i've got no problems if someone wants to either blur out their background or use one of the the the, the can digital backgrounds but if you're not it's important to make sure that that background setting that, that you've chosen is one that conveys things about you that you want to be conveyed. I notice what people have in their background. It's not that I'm going out of my way to search for it, but it's hard not to notice if the, the, the background of someone's room, is it clean, is it dirty? What kinds of things do they have hanging on the wall? Does it look like they, you know, or gosh, are they a Yankees fan? Do they have a whole bunch of Yankee posters? Because that would be terrible for me. I get about that. <laughs> But just be mindful that the things that, that you have on your wall and the things that you have in your background, they, they tell a story about you that is almost as revealing as the words that you're going to share with me during the interview. So be thoughtful about what message it is those, those things in your background are conveying. And kind of expanding on that point, an overarching theme that I want to see coming into the interview season is pretend that we are face to face, like pretend that we are in person, try to recreate as best you can and do the things that you would normally do in a face to face interview. Like John said, eye contact, that's really important in the face to face interview. It's important here, how you present yourself, whether it's background or dress, dress as if you were going to an in person face to face interview with someone, you know, it's, I mean, at least from the top up, right? Um, so, you know, <laughs> wear a suit wear a jacket we want to pretend this is as close to normal as as we can get um so the we're going to do that on our end so the more you can do that on your end is really important um related to that be on time be early when you come into our offices you would arrive 10 15 minutes early do the same thing on the interview even if the the room hasn't opened up yet it doesn't really matter just make sure you're there looking at your technology, making sure, as John said, you know, you look okay on the camera. If you're using a digital backdrop, make sure it doesn't distort the way you look, uh, make sure there are no weird glare issues. So try your best. And that kind of goes back to our initial point of, you know, being prepared, doing your homework, 
run through this at least one time with somebody else. You know, you can do a mock interview if you want to do it virtually. That's fine, too, because you'll kind of catch all of these things that we're talking about right now if you do a virtual mock interview with someone. So you can touch on the substance, but then you can also touch on the points that John mentioned and I mentioned with respect to background and lighting and all of those things. So the more you prepare on the front end, the the, the less issues you're going to encounter. And that's a point that is relevant to interviewing. It's a point relevant to client meetings, a point relevant to, you know, work once you're actually in a law firm. And, it, you know, it's just a, a point that applies to life in general. I think my, my last don't, and maybe this is a, a constructive don't, but don't get flustered. This virtual environment has been really challenging for all of us and, and for conducting all of our meetings. And, uh, you know, just, I've got two little kids and it's not uncommon for one of my kids to come storming into to my, my office, which is also my bedroom, and start jumping on the bed in the background. Uh, it's not uncommon for a cat or a dog to come barging into the room and jump onto my lap. Like, weird things are going to happen in these weird times. And some of it we just can't control. It's going to happen at our end. Something's probably going to happen at your end, too. And I think that it's important to know that we're not going to get flustered by this because this is just the world we've been living for the last seven or eight months. And I think everybody has learned to, uh, gosh, I hope they've learned to to treat everybody else with with just a little bit of grace. And so don't be too worried or too concerned if if some weird thing happens during the interview and, and try not to get flustered by it because these weird things have been happening to us since since March and we've just learned to accept them and and, and kind of plow through them and I hope that, that students will be able to do the same during their interviews. Well thank you both so much. These were great tips and great advice and I just wanted to know do you have any final takeaways for students as they enter into this virtual interviewing season? Sure, I'll just say, don't be intimidated. This is new for all of us. We are all trying to navigate this space and do the best we can, so don't be intimidated. Um, instead of being intimidated, use that fact that we're all kind of going through this together as a way of connecting with the person on the other end of the, the video screen. Yeah, I think that's a great tip, and, and mine will be a little bit more generic to interviewing. It's not uncommon for students to, to come to a firm like Wiley and interview and have a fairly good idea of what they want to do, right? They, they've, one of the reasons that they're interested in Wiley may be that they have a, a specific interest in one of the, the, the sort of the regulatory practice areas where, where we are uh, really committed to being great at Wiley. That's awesome, right? That's an easy discussion point, and that makes for, for some easy discussion about the, the substance of the work that we do, and we can get into some of that substantive discussion. But for every one of those people that I interview every year, I also interview folks who they don't really know what they want to do yet. Uh, they haven't really had the experience or the exposure to some of these practice areas or really any of these practice areas to know with, with any specificity what they want to be or what they want to do five, ten years down the road. That's okay. I think it's important for folks who are in that position to um, not shy away from that, to not hide from it, to be open to the idea of learning new things and exploring new areas. And in fact, if that's you, right, if you fall into one of those, into that category of not knowing exactly what you want to be or want to do, I think it's important to at least have a good sense of why a firm like Wiley would be a good fit for you. You may not know, hey, I want to be a government contracts lawyer, or I want to do international trade, or I want to be a, a telecommunications lawyer, 
that's okay. But I think it's important to have some understanding of what it means to be involved in, in some of these regulatory practice areas. Why do you want to be in D.C.? What are some of the skills that you have that you can leverage into an administrative law practice or helping clients solve hard problems, right? That's, at the end of the day, that, that's sort of what we do. And so I think that if you can still figure out what it is that you have to, for lack of a better term, sell, the better. It doesn't have to be a specific interest in a specific practice area, but at least come, come prepared in the interview to talk about what you have to offer and how you think that can be a fit with the firm as a whole. And then we can use our summer program to figure out some of the specific practice areas that might be good fits for you down the road. Great, great. Well, that's all for now. We know that this interview season will be different, but we hope that these tips will help you along the way. If you have any questions or want to learn more about Wiley, please feel free to reach out to me, Janelle Mallard, at jmallard at wiley.law or visit our website. If you have any further questions for Jarita Sally or John Bird, please feel free to contact me and I can put you in contact with them. John and Jarita, thank you both. Thanks, Janelle. Janelle, appreciate it. And that's all for now.